In these last days, the Bible predicts a turning away from biblical truth. In order to combat false teachings that are running rampant and a growing lack of biblical literacy, Behold Israel provides weekly public readings of Scripture to equip you with the pure Word of God, read in an international community with interaction and application. Each week, we host different guests from all walks of life. Our original readings can be found on our Behold Israel community channel on YouTube or on our Facebook channel. These are audio versions created to make it convenient for your busy schedule. Now, on to our readings. Hello to all of you. Pastor Mike Golay here with another episode, session, whatever you want to call it, of PRS, Public Reading of Scripture. Remember that in the olden days, before the printing press, before translations were floating around, they would take the texts, they would copy them, and they would circulate them in the known world at the time, and they would read them in communities, entire epistles in one sitting, and they would talk about them, they would discuss them, they would come up with strategies of how their lives could be changed, and they would rely on the Holy Spirit and the accountability of community. So, this evening, American time, we are going to be reading our Proverbs again and continue in the Gospel of Luke with prayer for Israel. And with us tonight is uh, Behold Israel's senior editor, Steve Yon, which has been on and hosted this many times. How are you doing, Steve? Doing great. Excited to be here. The passages that we're reading tonight, particularly in, in the Gospels, are just some of my favorite. So it's going to be a great night tonight as we dig in and listen to Jesus' words read out. Yeah, folks, I love how we're going to have time after the two Proverbs like we normally do, and we'll have some insights, and we'll have some application points, and we will also take your prayers. This is live. So if you're on Facebook or YouTube, the chat rooms are open and you can write your prayers for Israel at any time during this broadcast. And one of the things that we said in our prayer meeting earlier this week is, remember, the sin of murder impacts lives. And that's what the Hamas terrorists did to Israelis. They murdered people. That's very sinful. It's very evil, demonic. Killing, on the other hand, is something that many of us unfortunately have to enter into if you're maybe a police officer, a military member, or just simple self-defense. Remember that in ancient Israel, when God called people to Canaan, he had them utterly kill and destroy. So killing is not a sin if you're stopping evil. And a lot of people misquote the Bible, and that's a translation error. In the Ten Commandments, it says, you shall not murder, it says lotiltzach in Hebrew. And some translations get it wrong. It says, you shall not kill. So that's a problem because God commanded killing and Jesus himself and the second coming will kill many people. Killing is an unfortunate necessity in a sinful world to keep evil at bay, lest more murder or maiming or rape or any of these hideous sins occur in communities. And so that's something that to, you want to keep in mind. Israel is at war. It is called to kill evil because those evil people have crossed a line and they will not repent. Many of them are going all the way to hate. Many of them have had the Lord Jesus speak to them and they've said no. And we've been praying for them. Some of them, very few, have come to terms with the evil and have repented. 
secretly, many of them. And God, t- God somehow miraculously takes care of many of these people. Mm. It is truly beautiful how the power of the Holy Spirit can transform a soul that's bent on evil and obsessed with murder. So hopefully you have that moral clarity as we go into this evening, as you pray. We're praying for everybody on every side of the equation to come to Jesus. Jew, Arab, Muslim, Gentile, even guys like me with Scandinavian and German roots, we all need Jesus. Steve, can you please just let us know briefly, what is it that you do in Behold Israel and give us some examples so people can get to know you just a little bit better? I'm the senior writer and editor. Uh, I, I come alongside Amir with the, the books that, that he's written. And again, he is a, an Israeli and Hebrew is his first language. So uh, he is amazing as he speaks, but sometimes that transferring that onto paper is a little bit more difficult. So much of my job is just coming alongside him and helping with those books. And then he and I together are writing the, the near to thriller novels. We're working on the fourth novel now and are excited about the direction that's going. And then just anything else that needs to be written with the old Israel, come alongside, do some work with the newsletter and, and that type of thing. So certainly keeps me busy, but it's a wonderful blessing. It's a a blessing to have the opportunity to write things and know that God's able to use them to minister to people and to bless them. So it really is a, it's humbling. It's an honor. So since this is a distinguished community of Bible listeners, is there a way you could disclose the content of the new Nir Tavor novel? Or is that what we say in the military? Is that TS? Is that top secret? <laughs> I will say this. It has to do with Turkey. Ah. We will be going, we'll be going to Turkey, not Thanksgiving, but we will be going to Turkey. And that is the next of the, the countries. Again, if you follow the near divorce series at all, you'll see that we've, we've been with in Iran, been in Russia, now in Turkey, and it's just kind of following that whole Ezekiel war plan. So that's how we're entering, ending up uh, there. Well, uh, Steve, we're going to get going. I appreciate, you know, revealing a little bit more about what you do. Folks, Steve is a critical part of our staff and uh, he's working uh, high degree. He's at max capacity, running the red line, so to speak. So pray for Steve and uh, his ability to take words and construct them in a way that communicates well. He's already very gifted with that, but pray for that. Pray uh, also for Israel and write down your prayers in the chats. And I challenge each one of you right now, click the share button with somebody that you think might be interested to listen to God's word and lift up the nation of Israel in prayer. That being said, let's just pray over our time now. Lord, bless your word. Allow it to speak to us. Reveal in our hearts what we need to do to rely on you to change and be more like Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. All right, New King James Version keeps us all synchronized. Proverbs chapter 25 and 26. Steve will take chapter 26. I'll take chapter 25. Here we go ready for some concentrated wisdom and conviction? I know I am. These also are the Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copied. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. As the heavens for height and the earth for depth, 
so the heart of kings is unsearchable. Take away the dross from silver, and it will go to the silversmith for jewelry. Take away the wicked from before the king, and his throne will be established in righteousness. Do not exalt yourself in the presence of the king, and do not stand in the place of the great. For it's better that he say to you, come up here, (laughs) than that you should put lower in the presence of the prince, whom your eyes have seen. Do not go hastily to court, for what will you do in the end, when your neighbor has put you to shame? Debate your case with your neighbor, and do not disclose the secret to another lest he who hears it expose your shame and your reputation be ruined. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Don't you just love that metaphor? Like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold is a wise rebuker to an obedient ear. Like the cold of snow in time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who sent him, for he refreshes the soul of his masters. Whoever falsely boasts of giving is like clouds and wind without rain. By long forbearance a ruler is persuaded, and a gentle tongue breaks a bone. Have you found honey? Eat only as much as you need, lest you be filled with it and vomit. Seldom set foot in your neighbor's house, lest he become weary of you and hate you. (laughs) I've known people that have done that. Sorry, somebody literally popped in my mind. A man who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a club, a sword, and a sharp arrow. Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a bad tooth and a foot out of joint. Like one who takes away a garment in cold weather and like vinegar on soda is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For so you will heap coals of fire on his head, and the Lord will reward you. Recognize who uses that verse in the New Testament? That's a quiz. You can put that into the chat room. Who used that phrase in the New Testament? It was, one, it was in one of the epistles. The north brings forth rain, and a backbiting tongue is an angry countenance. It's better to dwell on a corner of a housetop than a house shared with a contentious woman. As cold water to a weary soul, so is good news from a far country. A righteous man who falters before the wicked is like a murky spring in a polluted well. It is not good to eat much honey, so to seek one's own glory is not glory. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. And of course, we know that walls in the ancient Near East were critical for security. If you didn't have walls, you were asking to be invaded and conquered. All right. Proverbs 26. As snow in summer and rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool. Like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without cause shall not alight. A whip for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the fool's back. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you also be like him. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. He who sends a message by the hand of a fool cuts off his own feet and drinks violence. 
like the legs of the lame that hang limp is a proverb in the mouth of fools. Like one who binds a stone in a sling is he who gives honor to a fool. Like a thorn that goes in the hand of a drunkard is a proverb in the mouth of fools. The great God who formed everything gives the fool his hire and the transgressor his wages. As a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. The lazy man says, There's a line in the road. A fierce line is in the streets. As a door turns on its hinges, so does a lazy man on his bed. The lazy man buries his hand in the bowl. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. The lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. He who passes by and meddles in a quarrel, not his own, is like one who takes a dog by the ears. Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no tail-bearer, strife ceases. As charcoal is to burning coals and wood is to fire, so was a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a tail-bearer are like hasty trifles and to go down into the inmost body. Fervent lips with a wicked heart are like earthenware covered with silver dross. He who hates disguises it with his lips and lays up deceit within himself. When he speaks kindly, do not believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Though his hatred is covered by deceit, his wickedness will be revealed before the assembly. Whoever digs a pit and falls into it, and he who rolls a stone will have it roll back on him. A lying tongue hates those who are crushed by it, and a flattering mouth works ruin. <laughs> this is one of those moments where I just... All I can do is just say, I've been... A fool, but I've also experienced wisdom. And man, the two do not even compare. Mm. When in the previous chapter, we read that don't spend too much time in your neighbor's house lest he hates you. The reason I laughed is when I was a teenager, I had a friend that was always over at another friend's house and it drove his parents absolutely nuts. He'd always go to the refrigerator. He'd always have the TV on. Even when the friend wasn't home, he would go over there and act like it. he would spend more time there than his own house. And even this happened. He started to steal things and including an, he stole a snowmobile from the garage. Unbelievable. One of the foolish, one of the most foolish people that I've ever met in my life. And of course he served time and struggled with drugs and mm. his life turned out to be a disaster. And then he finally wised up when he was about 30 and started to apply the wisdom that we just read. Steve, so, so what I'm saying is that you get a front row seat to this. This is ironically written 25, 25, 2600 years ago, something like that. And yet these truths reign supreme in today's day and age, even more so in some ways you could say. I'm gonna open up the chat in just a moment, but Steve, what's one thing you, that struck you in this wisdom gold mine that we just read? 
Well, I, I think it's knowing who you are. It's recognizing that, it, 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 I guess it's having that wisdom to understand that, that we are just servants of God and not thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to. You know, the other, the other uh, one that we find in the New Testament is when, you know, Jesus, he calls it a parable, but he talks about that same thing of don't go when you go out into a, to sit at a table, don't sit at the head of the table. Find your place down at the end so that the guy who comes in may say, oh, what are you doing down there? Come on up. And it's recognizing that, and I know it, it's, it, it reminds me of, of Luke 17, one of my favorite parables that Jesus tells, where he talks about the servant who goes and works in a field. And then when he's done working the field, Jesus said, you know, he doesn't come back inside and sit at the table and eat dinner with his, with the master. No, the master says, now bring me my dinner. And once he just, the master's had his dinner and everything's taken care of, that's when the servant can relax. And the servant, he said, you shouldn't be upset about that. The servant should just say, I'm just a faithful servant. I'm just a servant. I'm just doing my duty. And so much of this that we see in these, in these two chapters is it's recognizing who we are just doing our duty. Don't be a fool. Be, recognize who we are. Be humble. Be wise. Seek God's will. And that's what will get you through. Fools always think way more highly of themselves than they should. And I don't remember the exact words of the one that was in there, but you know, the fool who thinks that he is so wise that he's smarter than seven men, but everyone around him knows that's not true. <laughs> yeah, it's laughable, but the sad thing is that they don't laugh. They think it's serious. I'm opening up the chat and let's put the overlay up here. It takes a few seconds to populate, and I'm going to say this before we read some of these. If you have a heavy heart and you look at these Proverbs, you know, you compare nations and how nations operate with each other or with their own people. And I've said this many times, and I'll say it tonight because we may have some new guests with us. Hamas is a terror organization. They've embraced evil and therefore foolishness. They lead with foolishness. They invaded Israel. They thought they were doing God a favor. So foolish. And now look at them. And yet, even though they are nearly destroyed, many of them are saying God gave them victory. Mm. It's insane. It's only explainable with demonic forces. And it's a shame because... If the leaders of Hamas would read just these two chapters and heed what they say, their whole lives would be different. And the ironic thing is, these are what we call in theology Jewish sacred writings. And they came from the hands of our Jewish friends who seek wisdom. And I just find the contrast to be ironic. Now, this is the time where I'm going to let this roll. I like to put the background of the Hebrew text. It reminds us, especially after reading Proverbs, what the original language was. And like it says in Romans, we are, as Gentiles, grafted in to the olive tree, the covenants of salvation. And look at these Gentiles, mostly, who are just simply writing prayers and sharing insights, broadcast for everyone to see on Facebook and YouTube, sealed 
and secured as long as these sites allow us to operate. I find that, Steve, to be, if, the, if you were to take Apostle Paul and Peter and maybe Luke and some of the others, and if you were to transport them with a time machine today and they were to see what we're doing here, what, what is it that you think that they would see, just based on what you know of these guys, of the whole opportunity right now of two Gentile guys reading Hebrew scriptures on a format of an international community? What would these guys say? Well, I think Paul would probably say, whew, I don't have to get shipwrecked again. <laughs> yeah. Because he'd say, this technology we have where we have people from all over the world coming together just to hear God's truth. And it's just such a spectacular thing. I mean, they had to put so many miles on their sandals just to get from one place to another to another. And we have been blessed with this situation where, where it's so easy to get the gospel out. It's so easy for people around the world. I'm just sitting here in my living room and I can tell people, you are saved by grace alone. Only through faith in Jesus Christ does salvation come. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose again on the third day. He's gone away to prepare a place for us and he's coming back to take us to him. I can say that here and people in across the world in the Philippines and Malaysia can hear the truth of that gospel. I mean, what a blessed time that we live in. Yeah, it's very humbling. Neither of us deserve to be here, but we are here. And you're here, my friend, watching this, whether you're watching it live or whether you are literally watching it, you know, days after this broadcast. So the community here is mixed. We have a mixed community, but I put up the chat room just to kind of show you in snapshot that there's a lot. Most of us here are people that love the scriptures and want to pray for Israel. And the way to free the so-called Palestine is to wipe out Hamas and create leadership that follow wisdom. That's the only way. So we're going to move now to John's gospel. We're going to go over to John's gospel, chapter 7. And we're going to continue our journey. It's a long chapter. So sit back, relax, take it in. John 7. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he did not want to walk in Judea because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. His brothers therefore said to him, Depart from here and go into Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you're doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers did not believe in him. Hmm. Then Jesus said to them, My time has not yet come, but your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify of it that it work, its works are evil. You go up to this feast. I am not Yet going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. When he said these things to them, he returned or remained in Galilee. But when his brothers had gone up, then he also went up to the feast, not openly, not openly, but as it were in secret. Then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, Where is he? And there was much complaining among the people concerning him. Some said, 
he is good, others said. No, on the contrary, he deceives the people. However, no one spoke openly of him for fear of the Jews. Now about the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught, and the Jews marveled, saying, How does this man know letters, having never studied? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine. I love this. Listen to this. My doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. He who speaks for himself seeks his own glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Did not Moses give you the law, yet none of you keeps the law? Why do you seek to kill me? Ho, 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 ho. Now, if you're Jewish and you hear that, he's putting himself as equal to God. The people answered and said, you have a demon who is seeking to kill you. Jesus answered and said to them, I did one work and you all marvel. Moses therefore gave you circumcision, not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers. And you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses should not be broken, are you angry with me because I made a man completely well on the Sabbath? Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Ho <laughs> Now, some of them from Jerusalem said, Is this not he whom they seek to kill? But look, he speaks boldly, and they say nothing to him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is truly the Christ? However, we know where this man is from. But when the Christ comes, no one knows where he's from. And Je Then Jesus cried out as he taught in the temple, saying, You both know me, and you know where I am from. And I have not come of myself, but he who sent me is true, whom you do not know. But I know him, for I am from him, and he sent me. Therefore they sought to take him, but no one laid a hand on him, because his hour had not yet come. See, they, they, they popped a fuse. They were triggered. And many of the people believed in him and said, When the Christ comes, he will do more signs than these which this man has done. The Pharisees heard the crowd murmuring these things concerning him, and the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. Then Jesus said to them, I shall be with you a little while longer, and then I go to him who sent me. You will seek me and not find me, and where I am, you cannot come. Then the Jews said among themselves, Where does he intend to go that we shall not find him? Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What is this thing he said? See how dense they are? And he says, You will seek me and not find me, and where I am you cannot come. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Therefore many from the crowd, when they heard the saying, said, Truly this is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Will the Christ come out of Galilee? Has, the, has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the seed of David and from the town of Bethlehem, where David was? funny, isn't it, that he was born there? So there was a division among the people because of him. Now some of them wanted to take him, but no one laid hands on him. 
Then the officers came to the chief priests and Pharisees, and who said to them, Why have you not brought him? The officers said, No man ever spoke like this man. Then the Pharisees answered them, Are you also deceived? Have you, have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. Nicodemus, he who came by Jesus by night, being one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man before it hears him and knows what he is doing? They answered and said to him, Are you also from Galilee? Search and look, for no prophet has arisen out of Galilee. And everyone went to his own house. Now, chapter 8. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now, now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what do you say? This they said, testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who was without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said to him, You bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I come from and where I am going, but you do not know where I come from and where I am going. You judge according to the flesh, I judge no one. And yet, if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. Then they said to him, Where is your father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. These words Jesus spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no one laid hands on him, for his hour had not yet come. Then Jesus said to them again, I am going away, and you will seek me, and, and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. So the Jews said, Will he kill himself? Because he says, Where I go, you cannot come. And he said to them, You are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Verse 
And they said to him, who are you? And Jesus said to them, just what I've been saying to you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. They did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. Then Jesus said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do the things that please him. As he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father and you do what you have and you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we are not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Then the Jews answered and said to him, Do we not rightly say that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Oh. Then the Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead, and the prophets. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father, Abraham, who was dead? And the the prophets are dead. Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. 
And if I say I do not know him, I should be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, You you are not yet fifty years old, and you have seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Then they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out to the temple, out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Whoa. Woo! Do you see what he just did? He was constantly connecting himself with the Father, and the word in New King James is, he proceeds from the Father, and he's saying that he and the Father are literally one, Mm. the same. And then he says, before Abraham was, I am. He actually quotes the phrase where God reveals his name, Yahweh. Yahweh is a conglomeration of Hayah, Hoveh, and Yihyeh. When you combine all of them, you get Yahweh. And it means I am, I was, is, and always will be. Jesus is saying that he is Yahweh. Mm-hmm. That's why they took up stones. They were like, that's it. That's too much. That's it. You have crossed the line and you deserve to die. But he escaped. Steve, who gets to say stuff like this? Well, God himself gets to say stuff like that. And because Jesus is God himself, he is the only one that ever walked the face of this earth who can take that amazing name, that perfect name, I am, and say, I, I am, I am, because he truly is the one true You know, people like the Jehovah Witnesses and other cults will say that Jesus was not God, and the Bible nowhere says that he and the Father are, you know, deity. And if you haven't showed your friend, your Jewish uh, or your uh, Jehovah Witness friends these passages and they don't get it, I don't know what it's going to take because what Jesus just did is he told these religious elite that he is Yahweh. That's what he just did. And everyone knew it. And this Yahweh, that Jesus is the embodiment of God, miraculously resides in the hearts of the believer that he gave life to. This is the whole point. And the religious elite were unwilling to receive him. Some did, like Nicodemus from the previous chapter. Some did, but most did not. And it's, I'm going to open up the chat again here. You know, what, one thing, Mike, that was interesting here that I'd, I'd never noticed before was that, said that, that many believed in him. And then Jesus started talking to those who believed in him. And they were the ones that he got into this big verbal battle with. I mean, they were the ones who say, I believe in you. Well, then he starts saying things that were just too much for them. Because they said, I believe in you, but he knew their heart. And he knew that their heart wasn't totally with them. So they're those same ones. When this whole passage is, you know, one embodied discussion between them, they were the same ones who picked up that stone when Jesus said, I am. And they were done with them. They they weren't those believers any longer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
There's wow. different seeds that fall in different places. Some of them fall yeah. in the path and they're quickly snatched up. It's only those certain ones that take root. I love Jesus' confidence in who he was. He didn't apologize. He didn't. He said, if I was to lie like you guys, <laughs> I, I can't do it. I am who I am. Yeah. I am Yahweh. And that's, you can look at the comments here. Again, this is time for you guys all to consider praying. Hey, B. Bluski, thanks for praying for Amir and the hostages. Speaking of hostages, we rejoice that two were rescued yes. a few days ago. Hopefully they'll all be rescued. It's very complex, folks. This is very evil. These are very evil people. Mm. Uh, you know, and they don't, these people don't have Jesus in their hearts. May God may it, make, make it be so, but a man can, a man and, or woman and even communities can harden their heart and cross lines. And uh, we all grieve over it. So, hey, let's pause just for prayer. Um, Steve, you can see all these prayers and all these comments coming through, but let's just pause right now and where you're at. Steve, can you lead us in a prayer for Israel and for the situation there and the gospel power to go out to all peoples over there? Yeah. Lord, we praise you that you are the Redeemer God. And that redemption reaches out to anybody, whosoever believes. And Lord, we pray that you reach into Israel, that you reach into Gaza, that you reach into Lebanon and Syria and Iraq and even all the way over into Iran. And Lord, we pray that you show yourself, you reveal yourself. And when those who were so steeped in sin, those who, as Jesus was just talking about, whose father is the devil and who are doing those things that the father, their father tells them to do, when they see suddenly there's hope, suddenly there's something else there. Boy, it's just like, what would you say in Ezekiel when the wicked person gives up their wickedness and turns to righteousness, there is forgiveness and there is hope and there is relationship with you. And Lord, we do pray for the safety of Israel. We pray for the safety of the IDF. We pray for the safety of the citizens that are there. But Lord, even more than physical safety, we pray for spiritual safety. We rejoice in the knowledge that there will be a day when all Israel will be saved. Lord, we also know that there are going to be some very hard times between now and then. And Lord, we want to see as many of your people bared from those times because they realize that Jesus, you are the true Messiah and in you is hope and in you is eternal life. So again, show yourself to them. The Palestinians, show yourself to them. To those in Hamas, those in Hezbollah, 
those and all the proxy militias to the Houthis. Show yourself to them, Lord, and let them be incredible redemption stories because we know that's who you are. You go for the nobodies. You go for the, the least of these so you can show your love. It's not the healthy that need you. It's the sick. So, Lord, move in this situation. Let your salvation reign. Spread your gospel. And let the angels in heaven rejoice at every lost sheep that comes home to you. Amen. 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 A few things. Listen, folks. I'm going to throw this up here. If you're not on Telegram, get it mm. and get the updates. Uh, Amir is pumping out uh, many per hour updates that you'll never see on news outlets. Some, the mainstream ones, are usually a few days late, and uh, it's highly filtered. We don't filter anything. We've been criticized for not filtering. We want you to know the truth. You're all adults. You can handle the truth. Yeah. And we want you to see it. So scan that QR code. And toolkit, Mediterranean cruise, toolkit. We're going to be going through the entire book of Daniel and Revelation. And it's a, it's a conference on a ship. If you're interested in that, scan this QR code. Uh, Pastor Barry Stagner and Amir are going to be teaching through the entire book of Daniel and Revelation, 10 sessions on the Mediterranean. And they want to meet you face-to-face. -face. I want to meet you face-to-face. -face. I'll be there too. And we'd love to see you there. Friends, these are times where we need to continually be listening to God's word and be in prayer. Steve, thanks. You'll see Steve. He hosts this regularly as well. But we're going to close off here until next week. And next week, we are going to have Steve's dad. Rick Yon, who you're going to see much more regularly mm. as he's going to be on regular broadcasts after we build BI Connect. Mm. And so with that being said, continue to pray, continue to read and listen to God's word. Steve, any final thoughts before we sign off? No, I just, I, I'm so thankful for this time. I, I love the word of God. I love to, to read it. I love to hear it. I love hearing it when you read, Mike, and I'm just so blessed to be able to participate in this evening. Likewise. All right, friends, be strong in the Lord. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.